What is up, good people? Welcome to Music Mostly, the podcast where we celebrate the music. That is important to us. Thank you so much for joining us. Our goal, our stated intention, our raison d'etre, he mispronounced, is to get you to spend more time actively listening to music. First and foremost, every week, shout out to the very good people in the service and hospitality industries. It's that time. Christmas time is here. I assume all of you watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on Thanksgiving night like I do. Just like an hour ago. (laughs) If you don't, man, you're really missing out. Nothing gets me in the mood for the holiday season like the opening riff to the title track, sung by Mavis Staples. So grease up those saucer sleds, check your shitters, and go out to lunch so you can take your back pill. And when you do so, tip like a rock star and don't be a dick. You guys got anything to add to that? It's a butte, Clark. It's a butte, Clark. My name is Will Olson, and I am ecstatic, as always, to be joined by a good friend, regional icon, and player of every one of the known reindeer games, Mr. James Raymond Scott. Hello, Jimbo. <laughs> I know zero reindeer games. I'm really <laughs> jealous of those who do. I don't even like That's the why movie. they don't let me join in. <laughs> they just don't. It's, it's your bright red nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's we- like W.C. Fields, my red nose. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by audio engineer, jingle master, and dental enthusiast slash reluctant elf, Mr. Brian Gardner. How are you, Mr. Brian Gardner? <laughs> Freaking lovely. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get going, I'd like to remind you that we post the accompanying music playlist to our shows a few days before the episode goes out. So you have a chance to listen to the music that we'll be talking about today. So check out the link at musicmostlypod.com. Well, the link's not there, but the link to the Spotify, whatever. It's all jacked up. We're on Spotify twice. The playlists are on one of those things. Go there, find the playlist, please. Now, you guys ready to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. right. God damn, you half-Japanese girls. You do it to me every time. Pinkerton is my favorite Weezer album. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I always was down with this record. I wasn't that cool in 1996. Our good friend Autumn was into it. She said it was better than the Blue album. She said that in 1996. We laughed at her, but she was right. How cool is that? So I went to her room and read her diary. Not really. I'm also not going to sit here (laughs) and profess that Pinkerton is Weezer's best record. As of November 30th, 2021, their discography is 16 LPs long. These guys put out four albums between 2008 and 2010 alone. There's way too much room to split hairs, and something tells me that folks whose favorite Weezer album is Ratitude have a lot of time on their hands. How stupid is it? I can't even talk about it. The point isn't that Pinkerton is underrated. Six albums are represented in Weezer's top ten plays on Spotify. Six, and not one of them is Pinkerton. Not one of them is Hurley either, but that's not the point either. Don't get me started on Hurley. Track one on Hurley has 16 million spins. Track two has 2.8. Track three has 1.7, and so on and so forth. People don't hang on for that ride. 
But that's just a stupid dream that I won't realize because I can't even look in your eyes. The point is this. Somewhere around the era of Hurley and Maladroit and make-believe and death to false metal, the populace, us, came to a collective and deliberate decision that Pinkerton was all the new Weezer that we needed. This album was a cult classic that made good, like the Big Lebowski in film or Arrested Development on TV. Pinkerton was the one that people wish they were hip to at the time, like my friend Autumn was. She was a hip, a hip, hip lady. I'm a lot like you, so please, hello, I'm here, I'm waiting. I think I'd be good for you and you'd be good for me. The other point is this, good people, somewhere between the eloquence of pork and beans and the profundity of The Girl Got Hot, Weezer managed to record solely for a game-slash-app for the iPhone, a Christmas EP. Six songs, 13 minutes and 51 seconds of beautiful seasonal merriment. All traditional songs Weezerfied by 150%. Grandma most certainly did not get run over by a reindeer on this one. But if you want to hear the least silent version of Silent Night, then this is totally for you. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, good people. Here's a fun fact about your boy. I love Christmas music. Love it. Like, I could listen to it all year. Like, it's all I can do to wait until Thanksgiving to start playing it. I realize not everyone feels this way. Tonight, in the spirit of the season, we're going to talk about holiday tunage, the sounds of the season, if you will. The music that reminds you that this is the time of year to just be cool to one another, mellow out, to reflect, and take solace in friends and family, loved ones. So, to wrap up this intro in a fancy schmancy bow, holiday music, tonight... But before we get to all that, Jimbo, what have you been listening to lately? Well, I celebrated the entire Bee Gees catalog the other day. That was good. Um, I started listening to this other record by Alison Krauss and Robert Plant. It's not Raising Sand. I can't remember what it's called. I don't like it as much as Raising Sand, but it's got some good couple of good tunes I, I enjoy. Uh, I was wondering what you would think of that. I, I've only heard a little, and I, I felt the same way. It was it's pretty like, much the same crew. I just think it lacks on the songwriting a little bit. It's, I mean, I think it's still like T-Bone Burnett and, and, uh, T-Bone Burnett and uh, uh, Mark Rebo. And I mean, I could yeah. hear all of their instruments in there. Yeah. So I assume that it's those guys again. Um, I didn't do the research, though. Let's see what else have I been digging on. A uh, couple of new things. I've been going through Joe Jackson's catalog a bunch, uh, which has That's been good. really fun. Um, I found a track by Joe Jackson and Steve Vai. What? Yeah. Uh, instrumental piece, obviously written by Joe Jackson, but it's actually a really good coupling. Uh, it, the way Vi handles his his piece is really, uh, it's really, <laughs> it's impressive. It's it's eerie and beautiful and awesome. But I, you're, you would hate it, Brian. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's about it. I've been revisiting a lot of old stuff that I would traditionally listen to. And I haven't recently because I've been doing other things and then a shit ton of Christmas music. <laughs> it's that time. Brian, what have you been listening to? Christmas time. It all mixed, yeah. mixed up. This Christmas music throws me. So, so for I, the record, the two of you not really fans of Christmas music. I'm not going to say not a fan. I'm not a fan of traditional Christmas music. There's there's some all right stuff. 
it it's just a lot. I, I have some like PTSD with working in retail and places where you hear like <laughs> Christmas music. So uh, anyway, okay. What have you been listening to? Uh, so I bit on the Spotify top songs of 2021. Oh, like I a, did that this week too. It's like all over the place. Uh, but it, I, I don't know. I, I got some ween out of it. I, I broke off and listened to some ween, which they actually do some Christmas stuff. I didn't realize, but yeah, ween. I, 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 otherwise, just, ween. Final answer. <laughs> a lot of a <laughs> I mean, myriad it's of ween. others. It's ween. That's it. Oh man, I have been listening to in between Christmas music listenings. Um, I've listened to the album Jesus by Lily Allen like 10 times this week. I really dig that record. And for whatever reason, I I feel like this is what happens to me is I'll just think of something I used to really like. And then I'll just like wear it out and then be like, all right, I guess I'm good on that for a year. But but that album is really good and everybody should listen to it. And what else? I got my two-tone Scott socks in the mail. So I've been listening to a lot of interrupters of late as well. They they got a live record out uh, on Spotify that, it's live from Tokyo. That's really good. It's only half an hour long, so I listened to it like twice today. Nice. Yeah, I listened to a pretty long Madness mix yesterday too. That's Ooh, the other yeah. I forgot about that. Mm. Love me some Madness. Speaking of Madness, it's Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the Christmas Madness. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to talk about Christmas music. We'll take a quick break, come back, and we'll get into it. Be right back. Make my wish come Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. Uh, we're talking about Christmas music because I fucking love Christmas music. Um, I'd like to get your take on this because I realize that I, I am in the, no matter where I go, I'm in the minority about this. But um, <laughs> uh, I just, I kind of, I grew up with it. I just love it, man. Christmas is a big holiday in my family, for my family. Um, my mom like decorates just like way over the top Christmas cookies. It just always it reminds me of like decorating the house. It reminds me of making cookies. It just reminds me of when I was a kid. It reminds me a lot of going to church because like we went to church a lot and like during the Christmas season we went to church even more. We probably went to church like three four nights a week. Um. So I don't know. I just have I don't know. Just really, it's a cool time of year. I feel like it's just like traditionally people are just like cool to each other for a few weeks out of the year, which is really great. Um, but anyway, uh, the music, how do you guys feel about the music? Jimbo, how do you feel about Christmas music? Well, I would say that first of all, we have to take a step back from this entire thing and look at it for what it is. You're talking about a holiday that's celebrating something that many people believe happened years and years and thousands of years ago. And and not the, the whole world doesn't do it. It's just, uh, a, a percentage of the population of the world that does it, a fair size percentage. And a lot of people who could give two shits about Jesus Christ or celebrating Christmas. That's true. And, and um, it's become, it's two things really, because originally, you know, we know what it was, we, and but no one really thinks about that as much. I mean, obviously people who are devoutly religious do. 
But the thing to think about is, do we have, it's, it's, it's a singular entity in that um, we don't have other holidays that have, we don't go out caroling for Halloween. There's Halloween music, but we don't go right. door to door singing Halloween songs. Okay. <laughs> well, we July should. 4th, there's the, there's but. the, I'm proud to be an American. Yeah, Lee, Lee Greenwood. Yeah, oh. fuck him. <laughs> and uh, um, that's the best I can do. Is there's that one song, and then there's that whole, you know, back catalog of Easter songs that I believe the Bee Gees. Yeah, we are exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Ar- Ar- Arbor Day songs. You know, come sitting on. in a storage unit in Reseda somewhere. All right. Anyway, so let me finish my point. So this is this is this thing exists, and it's the only holiday of its kind in that. We have music that is specific to the holiday, and from the moment we get done with the previous holiday till until the new year, which is the next holiday, we hear music, a block of music. Now, primarily, it's about 75 songs, a catalog of about 75 songs. There are more now because there's this and there's that, all these people writing songs that mention Christmas. These are not necessarily Christmas songs, but if you mention, it's like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I say yes, but not a lot. Okay, of it takes would. place during Christmas, but is it a Christmas movie? But I'm no, gonna it has say, no, no Christmas theme to it. No. Okay, it's not, not a Christmas theme. And, and I am a diehard, diehard fan. fan. You're a diehard, diehard I, fan. I am a diehard, diehard fan. All right. The point is that if you mention, I mean, I've seen Live Free or Die Hard. All right. One of my favorite songs Hell of yeah. all time is "Fairy Tale in New York" by the Pogues, and the chorus mentions Christmas, and it's talking about that time of year. But it is certainly not a Christmas song. And it is not for the purpose of celebrating Christmas, whether as the secular celebration or an actual religious celebration, neither. It's telling a story uh, of stuff that happened inside that period uh, of time. I heard or read a story. I believe it was the rest of the Pogues who like, they're like, what, what's up with that song? And like, they're like, Shane McCowan just essentially wanted to be relevant every year at Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Okay, so this this just doesn't exist outside of Christmas. So why? Okay, well, hold on. Before before we go down this rabbit hole, so just tell me how you feel about Christmas music. Don't like it in general. Okay. I, I'm I'm pissed that we have to go through it year after year after year after year. It's fucking oh, noise go. pollution at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. But I have now, my so favorites. Let's, but let's pause now, Brian. Your opinion on Christmas music. I'm not a huge fan, but I don't hate it. There's plenty of stuff that I like and that I'm nostalgic for. And I think that's the key is is nostalgia. Like that it, 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 and there's new songs that kind of like fall in the mix too, but uh, I don't know. I got beaten with it like as a child just over and over and then again, I, I mentioned earlier but working retail and jobs yeah. where you just have to hear. And then, like, weird versions of stuff. Like, when I worked at Guitar Center, and it's, like, Ingve Malmsteen's Christmas. And it's, like, this, I don't know. And, like, there's only... That, there's, that really exists? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it does. <laughs> yeah, there's just weird <laughs> shit like that where it's, like, these shredders who just, you know... And then you have, like, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which... That's huge, and that's cool, and I appreciate it, but I don't know. It's just... It's a lot. So I'm not the biggest fan, but I do have my favorites, as Chippo said, too. It's okay. for, like for a time of year to come along where everybody is forced, uh, 
to acknowledge a certain songbook in order to record for that season. Like I did my Christmas record. I didn't write songs about Christmas. I didn't write songs about the birth of Christ or Santa Claus or anything. I just went into this giant catalog that already exists of music that we've heard way too much of and put my own spin on it. I don't give a, you know, stop it. Just stop it. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. I love it. So I think it's fair to say that we have essentially the three opinions that one could have that people tend to have about Christmas music. We have me in the very much like I'm pro and I can't get enough of it side and Jimbo on the exact opposite side. And then Brian and where most people fall, which is kind of the man, but I wish you didn't play it so much. Kind of can't. I mean, that's kind of how I feel too. I'm just being extreme. (laughs) I'm just, I'm I'm edgy. Well, there's a point every year though, where I'm bitter about those reindeer. Where like, if I have to hear another goddamn Christmas song, it's yeah. over. I'll give yeah. you that. Now, okay, so a question I want to pose is, do you think it has something to do with, it's just like this kind of, um, this marriage of, it's the end of the year, people tend to get reflective at the end of the year, and it's it's a big uh, family holiday, like more so than, than most other, ho- like I don't travel home to visit my family on Halloween, you know? I don't, so this is like typically people tend to reconnect with family or loved ones, if not family. Um, and so it kind of, and then the music itself is kind of like schmaltzy, like does it kind of all just lends itself to this very kind of emotional kind of feeling or, or do you think I'm just way off base with that? But I kind of think it's just like, it's a lot of things kind of coming together. That's why we have what you're saying, Jimbo, which is this one holiday a year where there is just like this whole kind of, I mean, it's not just the music, it's, it's the lights and it's the decorations and it's, you know, there's just, just all this stuff about this one big holiday that the other holidays don't typically have. I, I, I feel like there's a gaudiness, you know, that's like, let's use the ugly Christmas sweater as a, an example of taking Christmas to an extreme where it sickens people and it's funny because we all understand that we've had so fucking much of this that we're sickened by it on a certain level. And so when you show up at the party, office party or the or like the, the, the fun gathering with the ugliest Christmas sweater that you can possibly muster up, I mean, that's kind of a, a that's really what it is. It's just. Well, I think I think f- that's a good point that you bring up, and I think stuff like that. The Christmas sweater is a perfect kind of icon for this. Is is it's a way to secularize this religious holiday, so that people who aren't religious but who celebrate this holiday don't kind of feel disingenuous about it. Okay, that's just a theory that I have. Yeah. Um, it, it it's like there's there's two Christmases like you're saying and in like and I swear we'll get to the music but it's like there's there is the commercial Christmas the very American gaudy commercial Christmas which is like spend money buy people presents like go to parties drink too much eat too much here's sweets more sweets than you can handle put on that sweater uh, 
and then there's the religious side of it that not, that I grew up with, which is it's all just freaking away I, I danger, and it's and mm-hmm. you know you're at church. There's Advent. There's the, the candles. There's you're, you're in church more nights of the week than you're not. Um, so there's two very different Christmases uh, that exist, I think, in this country. And but then, they overlap a ton. They I mean, oh, I, yeah, no, they do. I but, mean, I think that the the the, the core of it all i mean it, in modern time is that it's a marketing behemoth it's a, it's a, it just, yeah. it, it, it it whether it's in in a monetary way or or not it it creates this whole thing that just that you do these things it's this way and it's like that's what it is it's such a, a staple so and maybe going back to that well of those same 75 songs over and over again year after year after year That's after right. year is is helps that uh, um, marketing monster keep its foothold because yeah. it, we're conditioned as soon as you hear yeah. a little Christmas right this very minute. <laughs> First of all, that's, that's a super panicky song. Right this very minute. Yeah, that, that, that's more like. I want to find a ledge <laughs> more than like, like go to Walmart. I need the Christmas. <laughs> I believe that's called Haul Out the Holly. Haul Out the Holly. Anyway, okay. So to pivot hard from the conversation we're having back to the music, question um, <clears throat> Do you think it's like the mark of a diva? When they put out a Christmas record, like Mariah Carey's Christmas, Aretha Franklin's Christmas, Lady Gaga's Christmas. Like, is that like kind of like a, you know, have you become someone in that arena when you put out a Christmas record? Or is it something that like a lot of people do because it's like you got to put a record out and you don't have to write new songs? That's Uh, tough. I mean, or is it somewhere in between? Somewhere. I mean, I mean, I always looked at it like, oh boy, they're doing Christmas music. That's it. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I just think a lot it's of people like a, have integrated that well into their career, and it's okay. It's like a, a mom and pop, like crunchy granola maker company that like says sells out to General Mills. Essentially, that's what it <laughs> oh, is. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you got something cool, but then the moment you do that Christmas record, you're just a piece of plastic on the shelf, you know? It's, yeah. Well, yeah, it just, it's like you just get commodified. Like yep. now it's – I would wager most of them aren't putting it out because I, – I don't know. I guess to be cynical about it, it's like you know it's going to sell. Well, like, I think that – there's also exceptions to that rule because I think we're going to talk about David Bazan later, and I don't think he ever expected to sell a single record. And also, it's not that plastic. He's not trying to achieve any kind of pop. Anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, so, uh, Jimbo, you wanted to talk about hymns versus carols versus song. Right, so, essentially... There are three categories. I, I kind of think there's more than three categories, but and I'll tell you, I'll, sp- I'll talk about that a little bit, but here are the three. Christmas songs. Popular Christmas songs are specifically about Christmas, but are typically not overtly religious and therefore do not qualify as Christmas carols, but rather Christmas songs. 
uh, Christmas hymns. A hymn is a type of song, usually religious, specifically written for the purpose of praise, adoration, or prayer, and in the Christian tradition, typically addressed to God. Christmas carols. A Christmas carol is a song in which a religious topic is treated in a style that is familiar or festive. Uh, Christmas carols are traditional without a specific religious context. A Christmas carol has lyrics about Christmas themes or the winter season, which are traditionally sung in the period before Christmas. So I was thinking about this um, Jingle Bells yeah. never mentions Christmas or Christmas-related things. Yeah, it talks it's about winter. winter stuff, yeah. but it never um, says Merry Christmas. It never meant it. It never um, refers to Christmas. It doesn't refer to reindeer. It doesn't refer to anything. You're in a sleigh. It says the, the one horse. It's a one there's horse. The one horse. Yeah, yeah. It's an open. So there's sleigh. no talk of Christmas at all in this song, Jingle Bells. It's just a winter. It probably came. This is interesting. Maybe it came from a Christmas movie originally or like a Christmas show of some kind um, and was just <laughs> happened to be the song that celebrated the winter but was catchy enough that it was the big runaway hit for the show. I'll bet you it has that origin, but I can't prove it without, <laughs> without looking it up. Without, without looking it up. Second-rate podcast. Um, okay, so... What about hymns? What did you want to say about hymns? Do you have a favorite? Like, so there's like, hymns go to carols pretty easily. Like, I've, I've been to many uh, Christmas Eve service uh, in my life, and they always end with candles and singing Silent Night. And then I've been caroling a gazillion times, and you always sing Silent Night, even when you're caroling, even though it's not as kind of up-tempo as... Uh, a lot of carols, you know, like we wish you a Merry Christmas. Well, see, that's um, the that was the transition song. That's when you're you've caroled for some people, you stopped, you sang, and then you did your silent night, and then you're done. And as you're leaving them and moving to the next place, you're singing Wish You a Merry Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the transition <laughs> moving from place to place song, traveling song, if you will. Travel, you got to sing something while you're walking. <laughs> Can't just be walking without singing. Um, I don't have a Christian, I don't have a, a favorite Christian hymn, uh, Christmas hymn. Uh, I don't know, Silent Nights. Okay. I mean, you got Silent Night, you got a Holy Night, a little town of Bethlehem. Those are all like. Maybe We Three Kings. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Something like that, or uh, Star of Wonder. Bare Naked Ladies do a really, really good version of that. Um, of of what? We Three Kings. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that we like. The uh, oh, Little Drummer Boy. That was always my favorite. Yeah, I was just trying to think. I wonder, like, think about what era that came from, and why why it was originally written. I don't know. I don't know. I always associate. It's funny. I associate those songs with the time, the era where my mother was a child, because I grew up 
singing them in church and stuff, and then her talking about how she used to sing them when she was a little girl in church. Right. So right. I just associate them with that. Um, I don't have a favorite Christmas hymn. I guess I can't really recall them right this second. Um, uh, I wish I had a list of them in front of me. <laughs> well, whatever. Let's pivot and talk about David Bazan. Get, Brian, give us a little background on him, and then you wanted to talk about his album, his Christmas album, Dark Sacred Night. <laughs> uh, sure. So David Bazan is uh, more famously known, I guess not that famously, but uh, Page of the Line was the band. And they were, for all things considered, Christian rock. And he did a solo thing that went in a very different direction than that or just kind of was like not doing that specifically. And he's kind of weird. He's, he's a bit of a sad man, it seems. Right, Jimbo? Would you say that's true? Yeah, and he has many solo records, actually. There's more, I would say there's more solo records than there are Pedro records. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's had a, a more fruitful solo. He's a sad guy. Career. But he, he <laughs> his stuff's, really, but it's really good. It's, it's done really well. It's really good. But he has this Christmas record that he took, you know, a bit of a liberty with, 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 you know, kind of standards and classics. And it's weird. It's it's dark and it's it's kind of creepy, and, and it's so brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jimbo, Jimbo, you turned me on. You, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, it, it's, and, and then you had mentioned it, and, and I, I couldn't get enough of it. it, it, it for, for me, being, a, I guess, a Grinch or a Scrooge, whatever you want to call it, this is right up my alley. For a few of the songs, it's almost like he added a part. To, he does traditionally the, the song, and then he just adds to this other part. Like, the song wasn't done. He had to finish it for the original composer. He's like, no, there's more to this story. And then he puts his dark ass spin like after he's introduced the traditional theme and it's just, you're either going to love it or you're going to be like, why the hell would you recommend this? This is awful. So it's not for, it's not for everybody, you know? Well, it's he has not. a way to, of making you kind of question things or, or he questions things like, you know, the whole religious aspect, I feel like he, you know, is like, it, it, you know. So yeah. it, it's not always, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Well, his lyrics aren't only sad. Um, they're also delivered in a way where he delivers the lines very slowly and deliberately. And there's no question about what he's saying you can understand every word. <laughs> so there's there's not any, there's never any like, wait, did he just, did I, did, did, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> and he'll just uh, say stuff that's like upsetting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Great Christmas record you play for your kids. Yeah. Yeah, this is like fun for the whole family. <laughs> fun, good. If that's you're the- like over Christmas, like drinking wine and burning old furniture in a fireplace, you know, this might be the record for you if you're that's just alone. A, that sounds a little too specific. Dark, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Anyway, on an unrelated note, my couch is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Either off your shotgun and, you know. Do you find a script to a new Tim Burton movie that I'm unaware of? Or <laughs> um, okay. And then songs. So, okay, let's 
let's talk about how, how do you feel about new? I'm gonna say new. New Christmas songs, and I mean, when I say a new Christmas song, I'm talking about, like, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Grandma got <laughs> run over by a reindeer. I mean, like, there's, like, this this kind of, like, kitschy, you know, country with a K kind of Christmas music that comes out. Those two oh, yeah. songs are um, I think it's fine. I mean, thank you for I guess it, I guess it speaks to, like, the gaudiness of Christmas. Yeah, but, like, I mean, we can't keep listening to those same 75 songs. Somebody has to do something. So if you can write a new Christmas song, because this is not going away anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think, guys, I think we've years of this left, apparently. <laughs> this, this Christmas so, thing's got legs. <laughs> everybody do your damnedest to write something to entertain me around the holidays. So, okay. So what do you think about, off the top of my head, uh... Wham's last Christmas. I I love that they took like ten years for that song to come back and suddenly be on the holiday charts. <laughs> I know. Like, well, he's dead now, so we'll just. <laughs> that song is amazing, though. That song, I love that song. That that, yeah, that that's and that's does, up there. Does he or does he not say I'm once bitten twice shy in the like, he one hundred percent says yeah. <laughs> once bitten twice shy. Um. How about uh, that Paul McCartney or Wings, whatever? Oh, simply. Oh, yeah. oh, I love that song. That's a great song. So you just named my two favorite Christmas songs. Those are your two favorite Christmas songs. My hands down two favorite Christmas songs, <laughs> Last Christmas by Wham and Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. And the Paul McCartney one is fucking the weirdest song that's ever existed, by the yeah, way. If you listen to that shit, it makes no sense. Musically, it, it's confusing. As to yeah. why what's happening behind it is involved with Christmas at all. And there's that weird delayed synthesizer that doesn't yeah. even go in time with the song. <laughs> and then there's just weird there's, things where, there's like, bells. there's hi-hats where you think drums are going to start and they never do. And then at the end, they're just hand start clapping for no reason, like, in the middle of a <laughs> verse that you're like, why is any of this? None of it makes sense. And it's, it's fucking brilliant. So It's Paul McCartney. Whenever uh, I hear... The porno for Pyro song "Pets," I think of that Christmas song. There's a, there's a lot of similar. Next time you listen to that song, there's some similarities. <laughs> I don't think I've just ever in the way that, but just I in the way be. that it's like set up. Just Locked bear with me. Head, like especially with the like. Bum, 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 bum. Oh yeah. Bum, bum, bum. yeah, it's just uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, But anyway, that's a whole. I thing. hear that. I hear that in there. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, well, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about, I guess, songs that aren't Brian's favorite two Christmas songs. <laughs> you just happened to name them right off the bat. I couldn't We peaked. You know. <laughs> um, but there's some good covers of Christmas songs that are great, and yeah, whatever. We'll talk about that. Be right back. And you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Say. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Don't know if you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay. 
Whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie, all right, I, I think that you have to talk. If you're going to talk about Christmas music, you have to talk about Christmas movies. Yeah. So during the break, Jimbo, you brought up uh, the Drifters version of White Christmas from Home Alone. It's like yep. a super iconic scene where he's like lip syncing and then he puts the aftershave on his face and goes, ah! That was a whole thing. But um, there's a lot. I mean, just obviously there's, there's as many, if not more, great Christmas movies than there are Christmas songs. And they all feature them. Yeah. Also, I love in Home Alone the polka Christmas stuff they're playing in the back of the oh yeah like, U-Haul John band. Candy. John Candy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, just you know, cranking out deck the halls on my clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> um, another moment like that, like today when I was picking through Christmas music and listening to Christmas music at work, I tried to remember what the name of the Ray Charles song was. That's in the moment when Chevy Chase locks himself in the attic. Oh, and he's watching the movies and he's like dressed in like these old, like turn of the century, like headgear and long gloves. Yeah. And he's watching the the real, real films like the song is called The Spirit of Christmas. I couldn't find it on Spotify. Um, Maybe you can. I don't know. I couldn't find it on Spotify. Um, There are other songs that were similar and it just was. I'm like, no, that's not it. But Ray Charles, The Spirit of Christmas. It's not even on the National Lampoon. Um, it's it's a really pretty song, but it was it was one of those moments where so I had to watch the movie. I came home and watched it just to hear that song. <laughs> I got into it. I was like, it's so good. So why is there water everywhere, Todd? I don't, I don't know, know Margo. <laughs> Bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> I wasn't talking you got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> but the best is when, fun fact, okay, two things. The best is when the squirrel's running around the house, and she's going to pound on the door to punch him in the face. And he, like, opens the door, and the squirrel jumps onto her chest, and the dog jumps on her. He just shuts the door. He's like, gone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, another fun fact Julia Louis-Dreyfus and then the actor who plays Todd, I don't know his name, actually, they shot all that later. So if you'll notice, they're never on screen together because they yeah. shot all that later. And they didn't, like, those two actors weren't, like, they shot their scenes after they were done. They shot the scenes where Chevy Chase is talking to them, but he wasn't actually talking to them. Right. They weren't, like, on set together, which I thought was interesting. Huh. But. Um, it's a funny side thing. You know, <laughs> like people that have to live next door to the Griswolds, what you'd have to go through. And especially if you're like uptight yuppies is exactly what they were, you know, like 80s yuppies. That weird, the, like the ice from the from the East Trock comes flying through the window and it lands on one of those like original disc changers. Oh, yeah. Something. <laughs> something. Had I don't to even break know what's the in there. Like, something had to break the stereo. <laughs> <laughs> um. Can, man, I'm drawing a total blank. Can you think of any other great songs from Christmas movies? Um, Christmas Story I watch every single year, but I feel like there's not any iconic music. I mean, there's traditional Christmas music in it, but there's not like a like a song. Yeah, like in Home Alone, Jingle right. Bell Rock also plays like well, he's like yeah. Kevin's like dancing around to like make Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern think that it's, there's a party going on at his house, and they play that song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think we can do this episode without at least mentioning The Nightmare Before Christmas. 
Oh, yeah, that's so good. Because sure. to me, a lot of those songs have kind of become holiday classics. And they go from Halloween all the way to Christmas. <laughs> yeah. They have the most, you know, longevity per What's season. This? What's this? Yeah, yeah they, they, Tim Burton figured it out. <laughs> yeah. This song is appropriate Genius. for like three months. Yep. <laughs> Very smart. Um. All right. Well, we'll come back to movies if, if anything comes up. Brian, you got any, You got anything? I don't think anything more than what we talked about. Okay. So. so we'll come back to that if, if, if it occurs to us. But uh, I did want to talk about, like, do you have any favorite, we'll say covers. I mean, it's kind of like all Christmas songs are kind of. They all are. Covers. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's at least the, the traditional ones. Um, but I really liked that Weezer EP. I don't know if you ever heard their We Wish You a Merry Christmas, but it's it's just. There's this earnestness to Rivers Cuomo, like that I think comes across in the Christmas music in this in these Christmas songs that doesn't always come across when like a popular rock band puts out like a Christmas song. You know, sometimes it can kind of come across as um phoned in. Phoned in, cash grab, yeah, something, but there's there's this earnestness to him. And I think that's kind of why Weezer is kind of often kind of replicated but never duplicated, like because like there's there's nerdy rock and there's people who can play like fuzzy tone guitar, but like for whatever reason the Weezer combination just strikes a chord with people that doesn't always come across. Like Oh, for sure. You yeah. Know, there's a reason Nerf Herder wasn't bigger. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um so a- a- anyway, I, I just the the Weezer Christmas EP is really good. Uh, so there's that, and then like, but then sometimes they go like tongue in cheek. Like Billy Idol and Hall and Oates have both covered Jingle Bell Rock, and <sighs> Billy Idol's is just very tongue in cheek. Like especially if you watch the video, um, like there's like a, it's like bluesy, and and he's like clapping and doing like like it's just it's it's outrageous. You should watch the video. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, like there was. So, I feel like there was some snow on the set, if you will. Yeah, when they shot the video. <laughs> well, it was the eighties. I am a big fan of that Billy Idol. Yeah, I think he'll make it. And Steve oh, Stevens. Steve Stevens. <laughs> um, then the Hall and Oates video is just like, it's just real. It's the other side of the eighties coin that Billy Idol was like the. Right. For whatever reason, like eight, like a lot of the 80s was very family friendly for whatever reason. Yeah. You know? Well, just a lot of people having children. <laughs> people didn't want to have to explain to their children because they couldn't explain what Boy George was. So that's when it got a little weird for people, I think. Like they didn't understand. Like in the 80s, that was still quite. But it became fashionable, and it didn't occur to a lot of people that, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of hair bands, glam makeup, <laughs> stuff like that. There was that. <laughs> Nail okay. polish. Have either of you ever participated in, a v- like... Ritual sacrifice? No. <laughs> Close. Singing the 12 Days of Christmas where everybody in the room had their own assigned part. Where you sang like 
you know, on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gets yeah. me. And then they're like, take it, Jimbo. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever Lords, participated in that? Lords of Leaping. There's Lords of Leaping. There's 12, there's 12 drummers drumming and, right? 12 pipers piping, 11 drummers drumming. I know there are five There are Lords rings. Leaping. There were maids milking. There's ladies dancing. Lords Leaping. Yeah. There's five. Seven ladies dancing. Golden rings. Seven swans are swimming, six geese are laying. There you go. Four turtle doves. Three French hens. Two French hens. Two turtle doves. Two turtle doves. And a partridge in a pear tree. Four calling birds. Calling birds, yeah. Glad we figured that out. Yeah. But um now let's name the reindeer. <laughs> Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, and Rudolph. Everybody knows that. Well, everybody knows that. I mean, yeah. I mean come on. Sorry, bro. I'm not um, the weird one here. You are. <laughs> and a lot of people think that, you know, because they made the movie, Prancer was the best, but everybody knows that Dasher is the best. Little known fact. It's common knowledge. Um, <laughs> the, uh, do you remember that the the Rankin Bass stop motion Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Oh my That's god! That's the one with that. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched it lately? No. It is problematic as f. I yeah. can only imagine. <laughs> like, there's a scene where like, so Rudolph in in that movie is Dasher's son, and. And then Donner is the coach of the reindeer games, right? And so they cover up Rudolph's nose with something so that it doesn't shine. Right. And then he takes off and he flies, and and then the thing comes off his nose. Everybody sees that's red, and Donner's like, listen, boys, we're not going to let Rudolph play in any more of the reindeer games. Wow. And then, and then Santa is like, Dasher, you should be ashamed of yourself. And he was so promising, too. It's like, what the hell? And then Yikes. they're going to go look for Rudolph, and Dasher's like, I'm going to go look for Rudolph. And then Dasher's wife and this other fawn that is in the Rudolph are like, we're going to come with you. And he goes, no, this is men's work. Oh, man. It's like, what the hell, man? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, like when you watch on Disney Plus, if you watch any of the old movies, like they haven't taken stuff out or edited anything. They just have a disclaimer at the beginning of it that says, it was a different time, essentially. <laughs> and it says we want to maintain the you know original vision of blah blah. But they do say things like it wasn't right then, and it's not right now. You know, you have things yeah. like that. Here that's it like, is anyway, for like, tradition's sake. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the equivalent of being like, no, no, listen. Grandpa's not a racist. Grandpa's a racist and a sexist. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody in the corner is like, and a homophobe. It's a yeah, joke. <laughs> oh, man, Christmas. <laughs> Nothing like sitting at the like, table. With your, so do you remember like before social media when you'd like sit at the table with your whole family and you'd look at like your uncle or your cousin and you're like, you're like I'm pretty sure that's a racist. But it was before social media. So like you didn't know for a fact that mm -hmm. they were a racist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's always was, that period where it was a simpler time. You, you either, yeah, you you don't realize, or you just it's not quite as present. And then there's that moment where you're like, oh boy. Yeah, I overheard my dad saying some stuff at certain points in my life, and I'm just had to be like, ugh. And then as he got older, it got worse because he was less aware that people could hear what he was saying. And yeah, it was just like, come on, dad. 
Yeah. Anyway, Christmas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Once again. Merry, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> um, you guys got anything else you want to say about Christmas music? Um, I do have my favorite records. On? I will say. Okay, yeah. Let's let's end on that note. What's your What's your favorite? Oh, Holy Night. Um, That's a good one. As sung specifically by Neil Diamond. Oh yeah, this yeah. is really quite a moment yeah. in music. Uh, that rec, that whole record, that Neil Diamond Christmas record, I think is my number one, my favorite. If I had to pick one, uh, the Ray Charles Christmas would be in slot number two, mm-hmm. and then everything else can fight each other out for the rest. Yeah, I don't really care after that. But I do Brian, have my favorites. Like like I said, Fairy Tale in New York, it's a Christmas song. Yeah, right. It says Christmas in the chorus. And it's mm-hmm. not only one of my favorite Christmas songs, probably my favorite Christmas song, or second favorite, rather, but it's in my top ten of songs altogether, Christmas or not. That's a gr- I mean, it's just a great, epic it's amazing. song. I love it. Brian, you got any favorite Christmas songs that I haven't spoiled for our well, listeners? Well, we already covered it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if you can count the Hanukkah song. Is that, I mean, it's oh, that's a good one. Yeah, no, that's a great one. That's a holiday theme, that's a great which one. we never talked about. Uh, you mean Adam Sandler's Hanukkah yeah, song? Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. It, it's 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 my personal favorite holiday song. It's not Christmas, but I th- and I'm I not just, Jewish. My some, wife is Jewish, Jewish, but some of his rhymes are amazing. He he, he rhymes like "Dear Abby" with "Not Too Shabby," yeah. and like. Uh, that was Harrison Ford. He's a quarter Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Not too shabby. Not I like in, shabby. The, in the second Hanukkah song when he's like, Bruce Springsteen isn't Jewish, but my mother thinks he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so does everyone else in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, like he talked about Leonard, Leonard Nimoy and like just goes through like every yeah. Shatner, right? Thinking. Yeah, Shatner and girls, both Jewish. The girls from Veruca Salt and all three Beastie Boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. David Lee Roth lights the menorah. He lights the menorah. James Kahn. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I love, I tell you what, man, as 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 cliche as it is, I just, I love uh, Mariah Carey's Christmas record, and I love All I Want for Christmas is You. I mean, that fucking shit is it's so It's so good, man. To go back and listen to those, uh, a very special Christ- Christmas, like in the 80s, when they, like the Keith Haring, they're raising money for AIDS or whatever mm-hmm. back then. And they and they were. Uh, do they know it's Christmas, right? That was one. Uh, do they know it's Christmas was. Um, that was John Lennon and Yoko Ono? No, it John was. John Yoko? No, it was. No, that was. It uh, was the English We Are the World, essentially. I can't remember what it was oh, called. Oh, okay. Yeah. Feed the world. world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bono was in it. Uh, uh, Simon Le Bon was in it. Sting, yeah. Sting, yeah. Of course, of course Sting was in it. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah, if you have Bono, there's got to be Sting. Then there was the <laughs> Canadian one. What was the Canadian one called? It was like Brian Adams, and there was a whole bunch of Canadian people. Brian Adams. And, and a, that whole, other guy. a whole bunch of other Canadian people we had never heard of. <laughs> so the, uh, I, I was like looking at Lee the, was in it. <laughs> during the break, I was Getty. looking up the Bare Naked Ladies. Christmas record and it's bare naked ladies and Sarah McLaughlin. I was like, yeah, how Canadian is that? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very Canadian record. Great Christmas, awesome. eh? Yeah. Um, 
Oh, by the way, there's this awesome uh, Christmas song by They Might Be Giants. Something about like his buddy dresses as Santa Claus and then his girlfriend sits on Santa Claus's lap and he gets all jealous about it year after year or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. It's called, um, I'll I'll find it right now. Okay, we'll find it. Um, You guys got anything else you want to say? If we did our math correctly, then this uh, episode will come out on Monday, December 20th or 21st. I'm not sure what the date of that Monday is, but if you're traveling, be safe. If you're home for Christmas with family, keep in mind during all of this crazy, crazy Christmas time that stuff isn't important. Time is what's important. If you're with people that you love, cherish the time that you're with them. I would encourage everybody to do that. Focus on that. Be cool to people. Remember that COVID is still a thing. Wear your mask and and just be freaking cool when you're out and about. You guys got anything else you want to say about it? You said it best. We we yeah. Merry Merry Christmas. Enjoy Merry Christmas, Christmas music, but also enjoy non-Christmas music so you don't brainwash and or <laughs> drive yourself insane. <laughs> Oh, all right. That is the show, ladies and gentlemen. We hope we've inspired you to spend a little more time actively listening to music. If you're feeling frisky, you can stay tuned after this outro for The Lounge, where we'll get a little loose. We'll talk about this day in music history, Billboard Top 10 from back in the day. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please tell a friend. Tell lots of friends. Please subscribe, rate, review us, share us on your social media. If you're feeling generous, please go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. It helps us out an awful lot. You can find the show wherever it is that you find shows, including Spotify. If you search for Music Mostly Pod on Spotify, you'll find the show. But you'll also find our user profile where you can find the music playlists for all the music that we talk about during the show. You can follow that as well as following the show. Uh, You can check out our website at musicmostlypod.com. Find and follow us on stuff at musicmostlypod. Hit us up, musicmostlypod.com, at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch. For Jimbo and Brian, this is Will signing off. We will see you in the lounge in just a minute. Oh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Lounge. Now, today's December 7th, but we were going to record this on the 30th of November, and that is the date that I did The Lounge for, so that is the date that we're going to do it for. I really didn't even have to tell you that that was a thing. I'm still getting used to how this all works. Okay, on... November 30th, 1971, Sly and the Family Stone were at number one on the U.S. Singles Chart with Family Affair, their fourth and final number one. Rolling Stone Magazine later ranked the song number 138 on their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. I love that song. That was the first song I ever sang at karaoke. Yeah? Yep. It was it. It was in... Uh, care, care to belt out a couple of lines? One child... Rose up the ray. Okay, no. no <laughs> um, nope, nope. Can't do it. <laughs> so it was at, a, at a, a Chinese restaurant across the street from the warehouse I was working in in Woburn, Massachusetts. I don't remember the name of the restaurant. 
I'm not going to mention the name of the company I was working for. Was it Wayfair? It was <laughs> the government. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sly and the Family Stone, man. Love Sylvester Stewart. My boy. Yeah. He is. He is your boy. He keeps calling me to tell me that. Uh, what was it? I heard? Um, <laughs> you can make it if you try a version with it's him and John Mayer and Buddy Guy. Hmm. It's just, wow. I think it's you can make it if you try. He put out a record where he redid a lot of his songs and had brought these other people in to kind of back him up. They're, they're like all stars from across the board. The album, I think, got kind of ignored. I, I just, I knew about it, but I didn't actually listen to it until recently. And I, only, I could only find like two or three tracks off it. And they were like on, I don't think they, oh, they were on Spotify. I found the rest of it on, um, uh, what do you call it? YouTube. YouTube. It's all on YouTube. The YouTube. <sighs> November 30th, 1985. Wham! So there's an exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, well, they were at number one on the UK singles chart with I'm Your Man. Their third UK number one, number three hit in the United States. Any anytime I can get to wench and wench and ma'am, mention wench, wench and ma'am, wench and ma'am, wench and ma'am. Um, yeah, those guys and troubadours of Brian's second favorite Christmas song, Andrew. You're goddamn right, Andrew. What? <laughs> Who's the other wham member, Andrew? Everybody knows wham. Yeah, but what's the other guy? Michael, that other guy. <laughs> Andrew something. <laughs> what is his name? For, I'm usually able to just pull it out of my ass. Andrew. I, know, I, I, don't, I don't know his name off the top. All right. Well. well he's, he's no Steve that. Stevens, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's no Steve Stevens. He's not even a Steven Van Zandt. Uh, November 30th, 1994, Tupac Shakur shot five times during a robbery outside a New York City recording studio. This is... The shooting that was like alleged to have been orchestrated by Puffy and and uh, Big. That was like he was in that recording studio, and and he thought that they had like lured him to the studio so that they could get him shot. It was a whole big thing, but uh, the mid nineties, man, it was a weird time in hip hop. Yeah, like remember yeah. when like the East Coast versus the West Coast feud was like it was like this thing, and I don't know. I was not and have never been and don't claim to be in the hip-hop game. But you just kind of, from the outside looking in, was like, are they like, some of this is kind of like manufactured to build hype. But then some of it was real. Like, it just didn't, I don't know. It's just hard to think now of a time where where hip-hop was still like trying to find a way to be relevant. How much because of it was like orchestrated, like like pro wrestling, you know. A lot of it was about like choreographed tension, fighting. like having beef with someone. Yeah, yeah. And fucking, you know, that, sold records. But I, I almost feel like sides. that's what ended that because I, I think, think so it too. was orchestrated like, to to a point, and then it like got out of control. And yeah, like shit, that happened. So, yeah, no more yeah. of that. No more of that. <laughs> um. But Tupac, may he rest in peace. Uh, one of the best. I mean, if not the best, one of the best of all time. Up there. Yeah. Top Certainly. three. Certainly At top least. three. 
Absolutely top five, if not top three. Um, all right, November 30th, 2003, a block of East 2nd Street in New York City was officially renamed Joey Ramone Place. It is the block where Joey once lived with the bandmate Didi Ramone and is near the music club CBGB, where the Ramones where the Ramones played their first gigs. In 2010, it was reported that Joey Ramone Place was New York City's most stolen sign. As of September 27th, the sign has been moved to 20 feet above ground level. <laughs> Genius. Joey Ramone might have been able to reach it. He was tall. Yeah, you gotta he bring, a, bring a cherry picker if you're gonna get that thing. <laughs> I think that's pretty awesome. Um, what's your favorite Ramon song? Mm, Pet Cemetery. Uh, I don't know. Now why. I want to sniff some glue. <laughs> uh, what is it? I want to be your boyfriend. I like that one. Oh yeah. And I like their cover. Do you want to dance? Yeah. Do you, do you, do you want to dance? Um. November 30th, 2015, Sinead O'Connor was receiving medical treatment after a message about her taking an overdose was posted on her Facebook page. I have taken an overdose. There is no other way to get respect, the post read. The Irish singer was found safely in Dublin by police. Just kind of thought that was... I don't remember that. That's I don't either. Me. How recent was that? 2015. Yeah. Hmm. I think we would have heard And I feel that. like the point was to... <laughs> There's no that. other way to get respect. I don't under, I don't understand, man. But Sinead O'Connor is like misunderstood and has led a very just heartbreaking. Her story is just heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. So listen to her music, please, because it's very good. Uh, birthdays today, November thirtieth, nineteen twenty-four. Alan Sherman. Singer of Hello Mudda, Hello Fada. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Camp Ramada. Uh, so. It is very entertaining. entertaining. And they said we'll have some fun if it stops raining. So the band Leonard Skinner <laughs> took their weird. name from this song. Um, Leonard Skinner is the name of one of the campers in this song. And then. When they had a teacher named Leonard Skinner, like it was just like all too coincidental, and that's like, like this. But this was the impetus for it. Okay, hmm. I knew about I knew song. about the g- high school gym teacher, the gym coach, yeah, yeah. the gym teacher. Yeah, I did um, not know that there was. I, I never caught on to that. Wow, interesting. Yeah, so apparently, Leonard Skinner was like this this entity that they would say to each other like. Um, like, be careful, Leonard Skinner's going to come get you. And they weren't talking about the gym coach. It was before the gym coach. Like, it was just, like, because of this song. I don't know. It's a weird thing. He was, like, the Langoliers or the Boogeyman? Yeah. Kind of like uh, Dropkick Murphy's was apparently, like, this place that you would get sent if you acted out. Like, they'd be, like, you know, you got to, like, they tell kids, like, you got to be, be, you know, behave or we're going to send you to Dropkick Murphy's. That's how they got their name. Yeah, it's like a family that, like, just yeah. beats their children and <laughs> just leaves them in a shed out back. <laughs> just sit with, like, these beaten children after having your ass whooping yourself. You talk about it, you try and comfort each other, but then it just turns into a bloodbath. You're trapped in a little wooden hut. <laughs> All right. Oh man, that, that, that's detailed. That's 
Somebody's been to Camp Granada. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said we have some fun. If it stops raining, uh, it's my it fault does. that it's raining, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scott, get over here. <laughs> um, 1929, Dick Clark, host of TV's longest-running music show, American Bandstand. I did not realize he created and produced the American Music Awards. But happy Happened early on. Dick Clark. Yeah. Well, created, so yeah, pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> oh, you mean the earliest creation <laughs> of it? No, no, but at the very earliest. So what you creation point, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> so not when they revamped them, you know, a couple years in. <laughs> uh, Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve. I mean, that was yeah, man. He counted that. How many times did he count down for the ball to drop? I mean, like. A gazillion? Oh, it, it, it so long. Yeah, Let's, I mean, yeah. ah, all right. Hey, let's see Dick Clark sitting in the makeup chair after he's done this for like, I don't know how many years. People must say things to him like, "You nervous?" <laughs> <laughs> nervous? I don't even know where I am. I have no idea. What this is. Apparently, I created the thing. <laughs> No idea. Don't think of the teleprompter. <laughs> uh, 1954, George McCardale from Australian group Little River Band, oh, born today, hey. scored the 1978 U.S. number three single, Reminiscing, plus 12 other U.S. top 40 singles. It's only more than 30 million records. Goddamn I juggernaut. I, they deserve I, know you, I know you guys are, are big... Little River Band. Fans. We are. I mean, Brian and I have, have really kind of bonded over over Little River back in the day, like closing the bar. I mean, we agreed on a lot of music, but I feel like it was just like we both this kind of settled one. into. <laughs> yeah, this is super cheesy, but it's super fucking awesome. But You're the only one who awesome. understands. Yeah. I've never met anyone who knows knows it as well as I do. Herman likes it a lot. And right. my, my and nephew Michael loves. Yeah, there's just Little River a few. Band. There's like a handful. We, you know, we meet once a year. And I just don't think it's one of those things. <laughs> there's twelve of us at a Ramada in in Tucson. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like. Well, remember we almost went to see him at Turning Stone. Like a couple I, years ago. I know we were like, wait, didn't what? that get canceled? Something happened, or no? We oh, couldn't the, go. It was like a we couldn't get the time off or something. Yeah, we decided it wasn't worth eh. it. <laughs> it's like. Excuses. That's, that's a that's a hard left on our fandom of Little River Band. Are we both prepared to do this? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, well, well, what with the well, family and the single we had a, dishes? <laughs> no, I'm gonna. We had a good run. I'll I'll go home and burn their records. <laughs> oh man! One year later, in 1955, William Broad, aka Billy Idol, was born today. Happy birthday, Billy Idol. Singer of Generation X, and also, you know, of himself. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. <laughs> Eyes Without a Face. What's your favorite Billy Idol song? That's, I think that, that one? probably Eyes Without a Face, or, uh, yeah, I think oh. Eyes Without a Face, actually. No, Rebel Yell. I mean, that's so <laughs> obvious. Or, 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 Cradle of Love. Well, listen okay. to 
Also, uh, hot in the city, hot in the city tonight. Yeah, that's kind of that's a, a great song. one. Didn't he do like a a cover of L.A. Woman? Probably did. He definitely did a cover of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that we know for sure. I believe that he did L.A. Woman and tore it up. No. I'm not wrong. Just I can see him just trying to do some sort of weird crossover with L.A. Woman, but yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, 1957, John Ashton, guitarist with the English rock band The Psychedelic Furs. Uh-huh. Born oh, yes. the day. Uh-huh. Film director John Hughes used their song Pretty in Pink for his 1986 movie Pretty, Pretty in, P- Pretty in, Pink. in Pink. They They're touring. Isn't she Again. Uh, they've been touring. I saw them uh, about uh, probably about seven years ago now, maybe eight years ago. Yeah, you Buffalo. went to that, right? With, yeah, uh, with, I, was, with, I, I with wanted church. to go, but yeah, it was yeah. so great. Oh my god, missed that one. I was excited about the church. I was like, I was I've always been a huge fan, but at the end of the day, they had just the one record, and they've done a bunch of records since then, but there were no hits on it. So all I knew were like the two church songs, or like that album, Starfish. They probably played three or four of them out there that I recognized. And then, uh, but then the first came out and I was, I was kind of a fan. I liked, I knew the songs, but after seeing that, I've just been smitten with them. That was a great, great show. They're so good live. Really, really good. And they're still at it. So yeah, they don't quit. They just keep touring and touring, touring. They're older than me. They're like, they're like, yeah. I'm 50. Oh, yeah. They're like 60. Oh yeah. They're yeah. still doing it. John Ashton is 63. There you go. 64. Yeah. Crazy old men are just touring. They do it like every couple of years. They probably shut down for COVID and now they're back out on the road again. Let's do it. Yeah. That's probably. That's probably. Uh, love, that's probably. love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. In 1980, the Grateful Dead played the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I listened to some of the show. It's just sweet. Uh, Scarlet Begonia is right into Fire in the Mountain, right into Samson and Delilah, and then right into a very, very nice ship of fools. It's a good show. And if you're into the dead, just check it out. I had a weird thought about the dead recently. I was thinking about like if COVID happened during the height of the dead thing, where like people are just traveling around. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I did see a fish show. I mean, this was this summer. This wasn't Summer tour. They didn't tour in summer. But that was, I mean, Fish has had their time too. I feel like it's already beyond that as well. But like in that height of where it's like you just got they're the dead heads big, and all the fish be like, where it's like, oh no, I'm not saying they're not. I'm not. Well, no, I guess I'll wrong. see, like, to your point, I saw Fish like in the 90s and the early aughts, and then I've seen them recently. And like in the 90s and early aughts, it was definitely more of a, uh, let's just say it's the same people. At those right. shows, like the exact same people. So, as in, the fans are all 20, 25 years older now, and and not following them around in a, you know. Yeah, you're jet, you're not going Jetta. to twelve shows a year. You're you're going yeah. to two if you're lucky, and they're on opposite yeah. ends of the. Yeah, you're not following the them around. <laughs> um, I mean, there's still people that do, but not, not like uh, not like it was. Anyway, well, well. We're going to do a Billboard Top 10, 
But uh, Jimbo just stood up and walked away, and I need a beer. So make a note, Brian. Yeah. We'll take a quick break. We'll Clap it up. The top 10. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's the note. That's that's how you tell me, Will. That's, that's my note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to grab another beer, too. All right. <clears throat> Did we lose Brian? Oh, we took a quick break because he got up. Okay. And I needed a beer. My bladder got the best of me. What happens? It was a good time to take a break. Uh, we didn't like do like an official, we'll be right back, but we'll edit it. Brian. <clears throat> By we, I mean Brian. We'll edit it. And then we'll hear this. Shit. I was like, Brian, make a note. We're going to go to break. And he was like, well, just clap. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess I can just do that. <laughs> Brilliant. That's how you denote the breaks. I can't, I mean, these are the breaks. <laughs> in the city tonight. My ambition says a rider. I'm amazed that I couldn't come up with more of those, those like, traditional like hymns today i was like usually i could just like you know what it is it's all the pot i'm smoking it's gotta be my brain is like usually i can just reel them off you know me i don't well sometimes i, I was spotting those raccoons those are mailboxes you idiot i didn't have the heart to tell you <laughs> <laughs> oh man what was your favorite ramon song you guys both said the same thing pet cemetery i said pet cemetery no he said pet cemetery I said, I, I think I said, now I want to sniff, sniff some glue, which is kind of my favorite song, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that. Now I want to sniff some, I won't deny you, I'm a straight rider. All right. Uh, you guys ready? Want to do the thing? Yep. Top tens? All right. Let's do, do uh, oh, excuse me. Goddamn. Anybody right. else? No, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, we're going to do the Billboard Top 10 from July 30th, 1996. 
in honor of Tupac. This is the first time Tupac hit number one. Mm-hmm. He hit number one with the, I guess it's a double A side, California Love, and then How Do You Want It. California Love was with Dr. Dre, and then How, how Do You Want It was with Jodeci. Uh, how Do You Want It is hot. Hot track. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, both of those. Both of those are hot tracks. Was how do you like want it? Was fire. Like, yeah. Love the way you activate your hips, push your ass out. <laughs> baby, he says, baby, just annihilate your clothes. <laughs> or alleviate, just alleviate your clothes. Um, like, I mean, either one of those words is, is amazing. Um, Agreed. All I want is money. Fuck the fame. I'm a simple man. It's a great song. Uh, I mean, I'd say I miss Tupac, but like I'm, that would be implying that I was way cooler than I am. But uh, <laughs> it's just I don't know. I mean, he like he and Biggie both like were, would would now be these elder statesmen of hip hop, and like just to it's like the two of them and Jay Z, you know, right? And but Jay Z is the only one still making music and. And it just that I just would love to hear what Tupac and Biggie had to say today. I feel like we're all missing out. But, you know, they get to be, they say the same thing about Kurt Cobain. Like they get to be what they were forever. Yeah. And nothing you else. Know? Yeah. Say the same about Jimmy Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Yeah. Like you didn't have to, like, Listen to like Hendrix's '80s phase. <laughs> well, I mean, and like, who, although, and who, although, who knows? Although, I mean, that could have been amazing, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> right. So, well, the, yeah, so in the you case really of want like, to roll those dice. In the case of like Chris Cornell, though, it's like that's a little different because he went through a lot of phases and he was just never fucking happy you could just tell he's not a happy yeah. guy just had so much this is a painful like purse to pick from you know like every yeah. emotion that he carried with him he's he could pull out something and write a horrible sad song on a dime you know yeah we got a, i got a listener request to do an episode about chris cornell a uh-huh. listener request. A listener request. I'm d- I'm totally down with that. Yeah. I would love to do an episode on on. Uh, I mean, we have a listener, so that's that's <laughs> excited. Are we recording? And, are we not recording right now? Are we? And are we are. Yeah, we are. Thank God, because yeah. you said some really interesting things a minute ago, and I'm glad to have heard you just then. Glad the listeners can too. <laughs> the listener listeners well but this listener wasn't my brother pete dog so that's two that's listeners oh, plural shit. we got two listeners <laughs> that Double we know digits, baby oh uh, <laughs> uh song number two was you're making me high slash let it flow by tony braxton oh yeah oh yeah yeah good one tony braxton was one of those r&b like i don't know sad love song. sexy but Tough enough, sexy because tough enough, kind of. I don't know. Right, huge voice. Yeah. Atti- yeah attitude, attitude, like the imagery, though. You know, it's like Tony Braxton mm-hmm. had kind of like a cool thing going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She she hit a little harder. 
Yeah. I don't know. She had like a thing about her. Yeah. You felt like if you would like walked up to her and said, hey, Tony, you might get socked in the mouth. You know? Yeah. She might yeah. Just hit you. Strong chance. Off, punch you right in the face. Yeah. And, and you'd probably deserve it. And I, I, I do deserve I, it. I clearly deserve <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> clearly deserve it. Tony Braxton, if you're listening. What business do I have walking up to Tony Braxton? You can punch me in the face right now. Yeah. Who, the fuck <laughs> uh, <laughs> who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> oh, number three. Uh, <sighs> the Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Oh, so good. Uh, I still love that shit. Why have to kill my dog? Man, I miss my Uncle Charles. Like, Wait, was this dog shit. and Uncle Charles the same thing? No. No, I, no I think some real shit. That like, yeah. I don't know. That's a great song. They're, they're talking about... Remember when they did that on the MTV Awards and they were like freaking white horses and like all kinds of shit going on? <laughs> yeah, like, that was kind of... It was intense. so opulent, but... Um, God, that's a great song. I feel like they like Bone Thugs. Just, I I, I feel like they're under underrated. Like, they they're I think they're appreciated more than they never they never carried. It kind of ended with a certain group, but like I think it's one of those things where a lot of people were influenced by it. Yeah, or were like respected of it in their peer group. But it never carried, never carried yeah. on as much as others. It kind of, it also really does sound like an era. It sounds dated. If you listen to it now, it sounds like then. That style isn't being done. Yeah. No. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like even really close to like it was. A no, it was a style of a time. It was a then thing. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it's the next Maybe. thing. But yeah, that shit was. It, well, it was at one, right? That was. That it was, was at one. Yeah. Oh, that was a number yeah, one hit. Yeah, most huge. definitely. Uh, number four, Give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman. You remember that one? Oh, of course. Sang it at you weddings. Yeah. Tracy Chapman and her very repetitive songs. <laughs> I mean, good, but repetitive. That's a good song. I mean. Looking at me like. No, it, you're right. It's 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 not going to blow your hair back. It's not what it's for. Yeah, <laughs> not going to be like, oh man, that's the greatest fucking song of all time, man. No, no, that, that is, is the next so song. good. Okay, go ahead. The next song is Macarena by Los Del Rio. Yes, I've also seen the list as Los Del Mar. This is the Bayside Boys mix. Whatever, it's not important. The Macarena was a thing <laughs> in 1996. Oh, big time. Uh, some girl got had, I had this health class my first semester of college in the fall of 96. <clears throat> and it was in this gigantic auditorium because it was like they made all the freshmen tickets. So there was like 500 kids in each section of it. Anyway, this very brave young woman got like on the stage and did the Macarena because the teacher was like, does anybody know how to do the Macarena? Like by herself? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah it, it is like a line <laughs> dance, right? It wasn't like a, it yeah. wasn't oh, like yeah. a Lombada. It wasn't. It was, no, no. It was like the electric slide, <laughs> except for not as cool as the electric slide. No. And, well, and I mean every I mean, bit of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this was some like fucking, I don't even know. I don't know Some how that like was a thing, but it was a thing. White people dancing and shit. That I just, uh, I, I've never been happier with this sort of thing. Like these, 
these dances that people all know and they get together in public and suddenly do them to a certain beat. Uh, but have you know. seen um, <laughs> Hotel Transylvania 3? No. Because this song features heavily at the end of it, and, and it's awesome. It's oh, awesome. man. I mean, Speaking I, of Adam Sandler. I think Sandler. I saw the first one. I don't think I saw this. Oh, right, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of the – that entire there's – a, there's a cartoon that's on, like, the uh, – Netflix, and then there's the three films, and and it's all great. It's a great franchise. It's not yeah. Disney, right? It's um, the other one. Is it Pixar? Am I? I don't, I don't know who it is, but Disney, whoever Pixar, it is, they deserve Dreamworks. all the money that they're getting for it because it's great. Okay. Well. And they get good music. There's um, what is it? Put your pinky rings up. Your... Oh, Bruno Mars. Yeah, Bruno Mars. Twenty four karat magic. Twenty four yeah. karat. Yeah, like there's a great scene. With that in Hotel Transylvania 3. Like, they, they get good music in there. It's pretty awesome. That's always fun. I like that when you uh, hear, like, like you know, Tom Waits and, like, an animated movie. It's always fun. <laughs> I just like it when it's like, you know, this is a kid's movie by a popular kid's movie making, animated movie making machine. Like, you know you're going to make a gazillion dollars. So spend the money and get the right music in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, don't chance out. Like, you're going to make... A billion dollars on this film, so don't tell me you don't have two million for twenty-four karat magic. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> by today's costs, standards, like, standards though, actually, more musicians make musicians make a lot more money off of songs that get used in film than they do off their own recordings being. Oh sold. yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's it's night and day because now you don't really have. I mean, you. I mean, you can negotiate deals like Spotify and whatever, but everybody's going to have your shit. It's going to eventually happen. Let's just say, absolutely not. But then you're setting your, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Like if you want to go do a tour, that's where you make your money, sell merchandise. Right. Tour. But if you put a song in a movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like you can typically make, you can make a pretty good living. Typically, you just sell it, right? Yep. Like, or do you get residuals on that, or do you just? Oh, no, sell you still it? own the song. You get residuals. That's why you make the money. It was your song that was in that movie. So, like, uh, like Homeboy from the Eels with, with the Shrek franchise. Right. You know? He probably is doing pretty well from those three, four songs or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. would imagine. That's the sweet spot, he'll, man. You guys just got to sell for one. many years. He'll put his kids enough through money, college. <laughs> and then just, like, Find a way to live a lifestyle where, like, you're like, yeah, but if I just do this, then I don't have to actually work. I can yeah. just kind of work. Right, <laughs> right. right. You know. uh, all right, number six. Uh, speaking of people who don't have to work, Celine Dion. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> uh, she used to work on a farm. She's too busy being She came from strange. a farm in Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, this is... It was definitely not Saskatchewan. She's definitely from French Canada. I, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, it's being funny. This is Because You Love Me. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, bum, yeah. bum, 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 1996 bum. was a big year for me. I, all these are yeah. hitting, hitting hard. Yeah. All right. Uh, <clears throat> since nobody has anything to say about Celine Dion. Wow. Uh, number seven, Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Now, I... This is a former number one. So this week actually has four former number ones. 
Well, one current number one that we mentioned, and then Crossroads hit number one, Because You Love Me by Celine hit number one, and then this song, Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey, this was a former number one. Uh, <laughs> this song will forever remind me of this. We're in Bandwagon, we're in that tiny little kitchen, right? Jimbo, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And um, something was going on. We were listening to music on on streaming, Pandora, or whatever. And uh, I was doing prep, and then Nick, uh, Nick Anzac, shout out Nick Anzac. Uh, Do was, Nick! He was doing Expo. And you know that in that kitchen, if you're on Expo, you're also right next to the the, the stereo. So you were the one who was driving that engine, mm. right? So this song comes on. I don't know if you remember this song, but this is one that starts and it's like, boo doo doo ow. There's like an ow, right? <laughs> so the song is building up to that. Like there's a tiny, there's like a little musical part and then the, the the vocals come in. And Nick is like doing something at the expo table and he puts his down whatever he has in his hands and he turns around and I'm thinking like he's going to skip this song. <laughs> he just... Turns it all the way up. <laughs> it's like this is my shit. <laughs> he, he turned me on to a lot of music when we, when and, we were working uh, together. It was just like yeah, like a couple times it was like the brunch scenario. Or I don't even remember what it was. He just come and he say, "Hey man, have you heard this? You probably haven't seen this, have you?" And he's like so chill about it. Like it's not a big deal. Whatever you get yeah. to it. He's like, such a big. I want to listen that right now. <laughs> he's such a broad music fan. Yeah, and. Yeah. uh but this song forever reminds me of that situation in my life. <laughs> I mean, that, that memory. And it just makes me smile every time I hear it. I feel it, man. The song is... And the song is hot fire. So good. <laughs> There's a lot of bands that I, like, wouldn't be listening to if I hadn't been in contact with that kitchen. Apu turned me on to some really cool stuff. Like, uh, that Zonky record by... Uh, yeah. Umphies McGee. Umphies McGee. Yeah. McGee. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. It's like I wouldn't know about it, and I I, I bring that up a lot. I, I use it as a you know like a well, what about this? You know, <laughs> so mashups and stuff. I'm like yeah. mashup, motherfucker. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. The like uh, the um, come as you are, and then the MGMT. I forget which one. I think it's the kids. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's good. It's called- Brian. I know your opinion on mashups. I know you're anti, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> he also kicks we, we won't get into that. Let's not talk about that. Um, all right. Number eight was Twisted by Keith Sweat. And this, I mean, oh, yeah. this Keith Sweat. Come on. I just love the name. I just love that the first word in the song is baby. <laughs> of course it is. Order me a margarita. I'm going to <laughs> That's all. It's the only word Key Sweat needs. Extra salty. <laughs> <laughs> I was us. I, I, this, this is. Yeah. I yeah. It was just one of those ones in that time where, like, you, you had to have it. Yeah. The, uh, I was at this, uh, Super Bowl party, Super Bowl weekend back in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where I went to college. And this was like, this was a, a handful of years ago. And we, there was a bunch of us getting back together. Anyway. It was the morning after. It was Super Bowl Sunday. But it was early in the morning. We were staying at our buddy's house. And he didn't have cable. So we just had, like, antenna TV. So we were just watching, like, freaking PBS or whatever. And it was like an, it was like an infomercial for this, like, 20-disc set of 90s R&B. And the infomercial oh, yeah. was, like, two hours long. And it was hosted <laughs> by Keith Sweat. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
Holy shit. Oh my god. I wanna f- that, that has to exist somewhere. We have to find that. We watched like all two hours. Oh my god. And I wanna watch all two hours of that right now. And every single woman who came on the show, and there were several, and they were like, Hey Keith, and he was like, Hey baby. Hey baby. Oh my god. Oh man, that's so solid gold. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, okay, number nine is Come On Ride the Train. Or Come On Ride It in parentheses, The Train by <laughs> well, Quad City DJs. We can just call it what it really is. Come so. on, ride the train. So this song is like nine minutes long. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Why? Uh, and it's awesome. I mean, come on. And uh, that's <laughs> yeah. all I got. I mean, there's just there's nothing. It's not, that's a song you don't want to overthink. <laughs> I mean, in a weird way, it's one of those things where... I feel like they had an angle with that. Like, if you know, like if you're at the club or something, like when mm-hmm. that's popular, and like it's nine minutes and you want to, da- and like you're tired out by the end of it. So, like, that's the last thing you remember is like that's right. Or you're like, I know one way to get DJs to play this make a nine minute song. They'll be like, man, I got to pee, get a drink. All right, we're going to put this on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then rounding out the top 10 is Why I Love You So Much by Monica. Uh, I don't remember this by title. I, I I put it on the other day and I listened to it. I was like, oh yeah, this one. But Monica and Brandy, they were, I mean, just you know, like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. You ever let go and do a little bit of a backstory on the boy is mine? It's it's very interesting the the paths their careers took and how kind of like intertwined the two of them were. But like they they kind of were at odds, but like also like in it together. And then there was like an Instagram beef couple years ago with them or something i don't know oh that'll <laughs> happen yeah, yeah. it was like a, like a covid related instagram we're gonna do this song it, i don't know it was a thing <laughs> i can't keep up with that man it I'm was too, a I, mishap it, I, uh, <laughs> a little bit of a snafu if you it was it was it was i mean um yeah. anyway you guys got anything else you want to say you know, I forgot to bring up the fact that the uh, Vince Giraldi trio and the Peanuts music actually covers oh, yeah. a lot right. of holidays. And we should celebrate Vince Giraldi. Yeah, I feel like that's a yeah. whole episode of itself. Well, the fact that there's music that I associate with e- each of the holidays, you know, it's like, I know the Great Pumpkin Waltz and, like, you know, the, right. the Thanksgiving Waltz. <laughs> Well, that's how we were saying, you know, that there isn't much music for other holidays, but there's a good example of... Well, there's the Christmas song is that sad Christmas tree. Christmas time is here again. It's a pretty melody. And it's become like a standard, really. Yeah. It has. You're right. I'm going to put it on the playlist. Yeah. Vince Guaraldi. Vince Guaraldi. Anything else? All up in there. I think I'm all done. <laughs> we good? We good? Yeah. All right. Get bed. Good job. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's the whole show. We hope you have a Merry Christmas or whatever you celebrate. Please celebrate it. If you're with family and loved ones, cherish that time. That's what important. That's what important he just said. It's time for us to go to bed. That's what Thanks important. again for joining us. <laughs> Until we meet again, always Always be better and get a victory every day. We simply have-